You're listening to Sidious Playground, a podcast from the Leadership Foundations, and I'm Rick Enlow. I'm your host, and I'm here with Dave Hillis. And uh, Dave, we are gonna we're gonna kind of move further into the Eucharistic leadership, and this is a Whispercast, which is a short form podcast uh, in anticipation of our feature length podcast with a guest. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll sort of introduce the topic and uh, then talk about who our guest is going to be, and uh, that way everybody can get a chance to. Maybe even send us an email or, or uh, you know, at least uh, anticipate with us uh, our chance to have that conversation. Yeah. Well, Rick, as, uh, as we've probably been on this now for a few months, it's mm-hmm. been quite quite enjoyable. But um, the, the background of this is that we've been talking about Sidious Playground. And if that is, again, the metaphor that uh, we think is most important in terms of the kind of work we do and cities around the world, um, then does it have something to do or have some kind of impact or ramifications on the leadership of that um, kind of metaphor? And so we've uh, we've talked about this idea of the Eucharistic shape of leadership. Mm-hmm. And more than uh, what we would call a, a sacramental moment or a, mm-hmm. a, sort of a practice in our, our worship, we're talking about uh, Eucharistic leadership and the Eucharist itself as a, a way to live the way Jesus lived. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I, that was beautifully said. You, you must have had a good cup of coffee this <laughs> yeah. morning. You, you nailed I've it. Kept, after two months, I'm starting to catch on. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think you're exactly right, Rick. It's it's that Jesus himself actually uses language where along with the sacrament, he begins to talk about, you know, his very life being Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that by the time uh, he probably most explicitly talks about it in John 6, where he has a number of disciples that are all sitting there seeming to hang on his very word. And he says, uh, now, by the way, unless you eat of me and drink of me, you cannot be my disciple. And I always like that line. It says, and at that point, many stopped following him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were like, okay, this is getting kind of a little serious yeah, here. Yeah. yeah. And I think that part of the reason, I mean, on, on those people who decided not to follow Jesus' behalf, they probably instinctively understood the four movements that, mm-hmm. You know, there's this this idea about being uh, taken, um, and even while there is some very good things to that, there is a part of you that is, you know, being taken, uh, probably in a way or toward a end that isn't necessarily what you would want to do. In other words, you aren't in control. Right. Um, you know, you're blessed, um, but again, I think instinctively they probably understood that there may be being blessed or something that they might not necessarily want to, to consider. Right. Of course, you move to the third movement, which is broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody wants that. Right. And ultimately, this idea about being given. Uh, and so I think at that point, everyone started to look around at each other and say, nah, I don't think so. Yeah, um, I thought this was the e-ticket. And, you know, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I, I think that the uh, it, one of the things that's amazing is that, uh, you know, how the idea of Jesus leadership sort of was dawning on people a lot later because, you know, even the, the road to Emmaus kind of story, you know, where, you know, he began to sort of, you know, distill the story Mm -hmm. and then sort of the light went on with them. And Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's true. Mm -hmm. And I, I, uh, you know, and I resemble that comment as I oftentimes (laughs) like to say, I think my own journey, um, I mean, if someone had told me at the beginning, um, this was what it was going to look like, um, you know, I probably would have walked away. Um, and so that, that slow evolution where I think Jesus uh, probably pretty graciously says, okay, Dave, are you ready to take the next step? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as we get closer and closer, and particularly the topic that we're going to talk about 
uh, with a, a good colleague of both yours and mine, Jack Fortin, um, this idea about what then does it actually mean to be given to this world? Yeah. And, you know, I would say, Rick, that the, the theme of all four movements, um, if you had to kind of put it into a bucket, and if you had to say, what is it that sort of either grates against you or feels counterintuitive, it's that you're not in control. Um, and, and this issue of power, um, right. I think, looms large. And so, you know, we live in a world that every day we're besieged with take control of your life, um, do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, you're measured, your maturity is measured by, you know, how much control do you have with your money, with your kids, with your home. And Eucharistic leadership um, is, is the opposite of that. Uh, in some ways, you are measured by your ability to not be in control, to, to give yourself away. so Or to, to not to pretend to be in control, because <laughs> yeah. we all know that, That's right. <laughs> that none of those things are really in our control anyway. But, but it's true. It does make sense. I mean, for me, to, you know, when you describe the fact that, look, if we want to see just the city as a battleground, mm-hmm. and we just want to, you know, just, you know, forge ahead with tribalism and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and all kinds of, mm-hmm. you know, competitiveness and all that stuff. Well, then uh, certainly, uh, you know, amassing power and, you know, playing those kind of games makes sense. But but when you change, you know, your your point of view That's right. and you really say, wait a second, what what if, uh, you know, what what God calls us to is, you know, is the playground, not mm-hmm. the battleground, right? And mm-hmm. uh, and then certainly you have to examine leadership because it's it's got to be a different kind of leader. It has to. Yeah. That's exactly And so right. when we get to this uh, point where we're talking about given, uh, say a little bit more about, you know, what that means. Yeah, I mean, um, so my take on this, and I, I should say that this is, again, evolved. Um, it wasn't like I think I had this clarity, but I remember sitting with text after text in the Bible and, um, you know, at the end of it, um, kind of just finding myself going, hmm, there was a twist and a turn to that that I didn't quite expect. I mean, how, how does someone, for example, like David, given a little bit of his history, um, you know, as it relates to Uriah and, you know, uh, his wife and mm-hmm. Bathsheba and all that, still get called um, a person who has God's very own heart. Yeah. I mean, it begins to kind of argue against at least the image I had in, you know, in Sunday school or, you know, how does someone like a Moses um, that appears to kind of almost be in a little bit of a cat fight with God as they yell at each other and Mm -hmm. it's your fault, no, it's your fault, uh, be considered the meekest, you know, man on the earth. And And all of them make the genealogies. All of them, yeah, (laughs) exactly. And so, you know, you begin to move a little bit away from this idea that while morality, you know, is important and ethics, you know, deserves consideration, um, something's bigger, you know, at play, I mm-hmm. think. And what I ultimately came to, Rick, was that what is the 800-pound gorilla in the scripture and that ultimately I think, you know, things like discipleship comes down to and what does it mean to actually be a part of this kingdom is what you do with power. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... With that in mind, I begin to look back over my shoulder and go, what a person like Moses or David or Hosea or whoever it is seem to have, you know, framed rightly is that all power, you know, was God's and they were there just to steward it and not to hoard it. Mm -hmm. 
And I think you see this most crystallized in Jesus' relationship with the Pharisees. I mean, you know, the Pharisees were, you know, on paper, good people. I mean, they, they certainly right. were, you know, kind of checking off all the boxes. But what they had missed, I think, was this notion of power. Um, and so it's Eucharistic leadership that I think, you know, deals with that uh, in, in a very direct way and says, uh, the way you steward power um, is by giving it away. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I think, is, is absolutely key going back to the city as playground idea that when you're a leader and you view the city as a playground, what you're in the full-time business of doing is trying to figure out how do you give power away to others um, so that they can begin you know, to uh, live into this idea of a, of a playground. And one of the, I guess, great examples of uh, someone who lives this out is going to be our guest, Jack. And yeah. so what do we expect that Jack will, will uh, talk to us about? Well, you never know with Jack. So <laughs> I think you and I will ask some questions and hope that we'll get some answers. But no, I think in all seriousness, um, one of the things that has been deeply uh, impactful for me, and even going back, uh, Rick, to the, the comment I made about I, I've been evolving as I've understood you know, more and more that you know, this, this story that we're involved in mm-hmm. uh, has a lot more to do with you know, how we handle power, steward power, than some kind of Boy Scout code of honor. Um, Jack Fortin has been a formative voice for me that way. Um, he was on the Young Life staff for, uh, for many years, um, actually got to a place where he was one of two people being considered uh, for the presidency, didn't get it, uh, left and went to work for World Vision, where he was the number two guy uh, there as well. Uh, since then, he has been, um, you know, uh, uh, head of the Center for Lifelong Learning at Luther Seminary. Uh, he's currently a senior fellow at Augsburg and, for me at least, more importantly, the uh, the board chair for Leadership Foundations. Mm-hmm. But in in all of these ways, uh, one of the things that you, you just hear from Jack time and time again is uh, this idea about how you theologically think about leadership and what are the ramifications of that. And I think Jack, as much as anybody I know, understands this whole idea about, um, you know, what, is it, what does it mean to be given uh, for yeah. this world? And uh, so I think we'll have a, a delightful time with him and, and uh, find ourselves better for it. Yeah, in fact, I, I, I'm reminded of a book. I can't remember the author. It was kind of a little, uh, you know, a short read on uh, finances, I think, or something. But, it, but I like the title, which was... Um, that we were called to to be go givers instead of go getters. And it's kind of, that's kind of another Mm -hmm. way of saying what we've been talking about that that traditionally you're kind of go get it and then, you know, see how much uh, Mm -hmm. you can amass and, you know, and and who has the biggest collection of whatever. Mm -hmm. And the idea that if we're really called, you know, like you said, to empower and to give, Mm -hmm. um, man, it's, it's entirely uh, unique yeah. to the to the yeah. the way the institutions work for yeah. sure yeah well and just to give everyone a little bit of a taste of jack because i remember this moment um jack had taken the uh, the great commission of of matthew and uh i should just say parenthetically jack's also the one that uh, recognized at least for me that every gospel has uh quote unquote a great commission mm. but each one is different and uh, he kind of, you know, posed the question, why um, is that uh, to be true? We all run to Matthew 28 because yeah. that's called the Great Commission. But uh, it was his understanding of the Great or the, the Commission in John 
that became part of the seedbed of, of the LF book I wrote uh, because it's that commission that seems to be uh, most uh, positioned for the 21st century and urban realities. Mm -hmm. and so just as a little advertisement about Jack, but it was Jack looking at Matthew 28, and he says, so he says, Jesus, you know, is giving this commission, and he says, now all power has been given to me by the Father in heaven, mm -hmm. um, and I give all power to you, right, to go out and, and uh, you know, make disciples. Right. He says, so if now all power went from God the Father to God the Son and God the Son to the disciples, what's the next step of the power? And I remember sitting there, you know, Rick, and kind of going, I don't know, you just you keep it. And uh, <laughs> that is, he says, it's the disciples' job to give power to the world, mm -hmm. right? To, to give it to those that they're serving. Yeah. And he says, and it's precisely there that we've stopped. And that's our problem. You mm -hmm. know, the, the whole velocity of power is, you know, God giving it away to the Son, Son giving it away to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit giving it away to us, and we should then, be giving it away. And then we uh, perform the great omission, <laughs> which is not to give it away. That's exactly yeah. right. So. Yeah, well, that's one thing I really appreciate about Jack, because he's helped us even organizationally uh, because of his, his mm -hmm. experience and his history. He's helped uh, us to... Uh, you know, with job descriptions and how we structure our work. But what's great about it is whenever, you know, he tells us, well, I, this is what I think, uh, then he lets us know. Um, and, and I think that because of a theological exactly. grounding, yeah. you know, and that's what's so beautiful about it because it I've learned so much from him that, um, you know, oh, I guess, yeah, I guess that, you know, theology isn't just, uh, you know, in the the realm of philosophy, but that, mm -hmm. you know, it has uh, it shoes on. It does. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what is true about Leadership Foundations is that, you know, we can say, well, um, you know, we see cities as playgrounds, we believe in Eucharistic leadership, but then uh, I think that uh, you can make a case, I can make a case at least for the Leadership Foundations, then taking that next step and, and giving that power away to, you know, to the cities that, that are being served mm -hmm. in so many different ways, mm -hmm. you know. That's right. And it's, it's amazing, too, to how uh, astounding, like, it actually works <laughs> if, if you ever give it a try. Yeah. Well, I mean, a very practical example of this. We, uh, I think, you know, I've talked about this, but LF has a thing called the Global Youth Initiative. Mm -hmm. And we put that together because so many of our local leadership foundations are doing something with kids. And so, you know, while we still believe that every city deserves its own contextual response, we begin to realize that we're all kind of doing this in some way. So can we begin to scale it? So we've got different elements to it, but one of the parts of it is our relationship with the Department of Justice. Mm -hmm. And so we're getting, you know, a pretty good chunk of money from the Department of Justice for our mentoring program. But here's, here's the niche. Uh, when we were putting the grant together, we were asking the question, what separates Leadership Foundation's mentoring program from the mentoring program down the street? Mm -hmm. And there was kind of a pause, and, and uh, it was actually Lisa Lampman who heads this up for us that said, you know, it's leadership. I mean, the, we're mentoring kids not just to kind of keep them out of trouble, right. um, but it's really to begin to empower them to become leaders and become that next generation of leadership that's going to help the city moving forward. So our initiative is actually called Mentoring Youth for Leadership, yeah. the MYL. And I just think that's such a good example of here in the midst of this gigantic bureaucracy called the Department of Justice and mm -hmm. public sector money and the whole bit, 
Leadership Foundation's niche is, yes, we're going to mentor, but we're going to mentor with a very particular outcome in mind, and that is is that we believe these young people are our future leaders. Yeah. So, Which then really it starts the whole process of being you know, a, a vehicle for, for uh, taking someone, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. blessing, mm-hmm. giving, I mean, it, it it's, it's, a it it's begins exactly the whole, right. the whole circle again. Yeah. So, that's exactly right. well, that's great. Well, we look forward to uh, talking to Jack. So if you do have any questions, you can get a, in touch with us by uh, send us an email at info at leadership org, And uh, we look forward to the feature length podcast with Jack Fortin. All right. Thank okay. you.